0: This is Bad Movies We Love, part of the Shiest Podcast Network. Happy Halloween, bad movie lovers! I am your host, Nick Shiest, and if you're listening to this, you are the resistance and you can help support the resistance like Ben and Sharon did by going to coffee.com/ slash badmovieswelove and making a contribution. That's ko-fi.com slash badmovieswelove. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do for the monthly contributing members in addition to the Discord invites, and I'm going to start doing some monthly giveaway contests like I do for Film Club on Twitter or X. If you're a listener of the show and you don't already know... I run the Scheiste International Film Club on the app formerly known as Twitter, as well as the movie trivia game Identify, where I show you the eyes and you have to name the actor. And for every themed month we do for Film Club, I do a giveaway. For Stalktober, that giveaway item is a copy of Unsane on Blu-ray. So I want to bring that idea here, and if any of that sounds appealing, you can find me on X at Nick But. We are gathered here today for a special bonus episode of Bad Movies We Love, but before we get to that, I want to do things a little differently first and just talk directly to you, the listeners out there, and express my appreciation. Not only did you make October the most listened to month of the show so far, but you all helped surpass the previous high in September by a huge margin. Maybe an unsustainably huge margin, but that's still awesome and I'll take it. So thank you. And as I was looking at the numbers, according to the metrics that I looked at, it appears that you all have helped elevate this show into the top half of all podcasts. Whether or not those metrics are accurate is another thing, but if they are, then that's pretty damn incredible. You know, I do this for fun. And it's just me behind the scenes, but a lot of hours of thought and effort go into making this show every week. So to think that it's landed with as many people as it has and that you've kept listening and spread the word, I don't even know what to say. That's really amazing and I'm incredibly appreciative. I also want to take a quick moment to thank all of the guests who have not only come on this show and shared hours of love about movies with me, but have also trusted me to communicate that love on their behalf. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm so glad that people have enjoyed it enough to come back and do it again. Speaking of which, we've still got a great show planned for you. As Film Club member Ryan, who you may remember from our episode on Sucker Punch, rejoin me to embrace our inner children and get goofy with a Halloween must. And that's Ernest Scared Stupid. I gotta do an artist movie. I think the design of the at least the primary troll itself is very good.
1: They thought that this was like a big epic.
0: They're using the the yogurt slinger. I mean, that's probably that's a really gross name for it. But hey, smelling a stranger's shirt on the bus.
1: Oh yes, that was fantastic.
0: Is this the most? Pro milk
1: movie. What were you guys smoking when you wrote this?
0: <laughs> you could read this thing from outer space.
1: I went to the draft house expecting a scary movie and I got fucking earnest.
0: The movie is not that far off from being a legitimate horror movie. Well, I'm a little too resourceful for you, a little too light on my feet. So come on, eat me up and die! <laughs> Ryan, welcome back to the show, my man.
1: How are you? We're kicking. We're live and kicking.
0: We're live, and we're going. We're going back. We're going. What is this? Thirty years now? My goodness, thirty-two years.
1: Thirty-two years, and I believe this was my first movie in theaters or first new release in theaters because I think I might may, may or may not have seen seen one of the Disney re-releases. Okay. Back in the day, back in the day when Disney did. This is technically a Disney movie, too.
0: It is. Yeah, I think it was the last Ernest movie that was still under the Disney. Diz, Disney. What was it? Touchstone Pictures?
1: Touchstone. Yeah. It, there's an amusing story on how we got Ernest movies in the first place.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, please enlighten me.
1: Well, first of all, do you want to enlighten the audience as to what, what movie we're covering for the night?
0: Uh yeah, I mean I'll I'll give them a better intro than this one when I do post-production. But tonight, uh since it's October, uh, we're talking about Ernest Scared Stupid. And it's the first Halloween movie. It's the first, I think, horror movie that I've watched this month. So it's an interesting way to kick it off, but it's one <laughs> yeah. that I always liked from childhood, and it was really nice to revisit it, to be honest.
1: And also during the opening credits, you have you get to see like Nosferatu. I think there's some Bride of Frankenstein. I know is public domain, but I guess they talk Universal into allowing uh, allowing Bride of Frankenstein. I know there's some others. I'd have to look it up.
0: Well, maybe we'll get to that later in trivia. Wink, well, wink. Well, maybe.
1: Wink, <laughs> wink, 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 wink.
0: <laughs> uh, so what was it about this movie I mean you had brought it up to me I think before even October started but yeah what is it with this particular movie I know you had mentioned it's the first one that you had maybe seen in theaters so maybe there's a sentimental value to it for you
1: yeah uh yeah pretty much um from what I I think it might have been either commercials or tv spots I don't I know there was Ernest had started like as a like as a TV sales pitch man, but that would have been the the early 80s before I was born. But I guess seeing a TV spot for it and I laughed and convinced and talked to parents like, hey, can I see uh, Ernest Scared Stupid? And they're like, "Uh, yeah, I guess I would have been what I know this came out in 91, but do you happen to know like an exact
0: date? No, but it was probably around Halloween because something I read said that they shot it in May, but they couldn't find any uh, pumpkins because they were out of season. So I'm <laughs> guessing that they probably released it in the fall. So somewhere in September, October.
1: According to uh, according to IMDb, it came out October the 11th. Well, there you go. Which, And unfortunately, it's not a movie where it had like a big premiere at like Con or, T- or Tiff. Or
0: <laughs> it's not the kind of movie I expect to have that big film festival rollout,
1: but uh but yeah, apparently, these movies or the first four earnest movies were released by Disney mm-hmm. under their quote unquote adult label Touchstone. The big stuff that was under Touchstone that could have been released by Disney, I believe that would later released as Disney movies were Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who I believe at the time they said this movie's too. This movie's not for children, and they and then they gave it the Touchstone. And it made a, a lot of money, and then Nightmare Before Christmas, which uh, I think either Eisner or somebody who was somebody very high up said this movie's too scary for children. I, I <laughs> and could see that. I could at, see
0: both of those in that in that like PG thirteen range
1: and now they're both under now they're both Disney Canon and and beloved but apparently uh at the 1985 Indianapolis 500 which coincidentally with the year I was born uh they were doing the festival par- they were doing like the parade before the before the race and uh Ernest P Worl was one of the was one of the guests so he so he got out there he waved to the crowd and apparently uh, Mickey Mouse was also there on another on another one of the cars. And apparently the Ernest character got more cheers than Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and and uh, Isaac Katzenberg happened to be there and we're like, who the hell's the, who the hell is this Ernest character? And why is he getting more cheers than 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 we that that than our guy, Mickey Mouse? And so I guess he they thought that. That he must be something. They did a little bit of research. They reached out to the late, great Jim Varney and the uh, the director of these movies, and they, I guess they made a deal. And a couple of years later, we got Ernest Gross to Cana.
0: Wow. That's pretty crazy to think that at one point in time, whether anecdotal or not, that this Jim Varney character was more popular than Mickey Mouse. Uh, in is the pretty South. Insane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was in what, Indianapolis 500, you said?
1: Yeah, yeah, it would have been the Indy five hundred.
0: Mm. Still anecdotal or not, to to get more cheers than Mickey Mouse, I think is still a pretty big accomplishment.
1: Yeah, uh, I believe according to Wikipedia, there was a there was a like a sketch comedy show called Hey Hey Vern, It's Ernest, which which I guess I think that was like a Saturday morning thing
0: was that where Varney sort of developed all these characters and alter egos?
1: Uh, yes. And, uh, it was, it came out in 80. It looks like it came out in 1988, which would have been a year after the year of, or the year after, uh, Ernest goes to camp. Hmm. So they start, so this started as a, uh, as like a TV pitch man into the South. And I guess, I guess spread, (laughs) To a point where, where, when he showed up at the Indianapolis 500, like, hey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember him mostly from, I think it was like car dealership commercials. Something like that. And then I had seen one of the Ernest movies. I think probably Ernest Goes to Jail was probably the first one that I saw, which I think is the one before this, but. Were you a kid that watched all of these Ernest movies? Like and knew who Varney was before Ernest Scared Stupid, or was this just like a I happy coincidence? I think it might have
1: been a happy coincidence, and then afterwards we rented the others. Also, fun fact, Ernest Scared the Camp was actually shot in 235 in scope. So they wow. so they they thought that this was like a big epic of some kind. So they shot. <laughs> I believe they shot yeah i know i believe they shot it anamorphically too
0: that's kind of crazy so like to see the curve to like they start there with the first one and then they get like yeah. progressively less and Low, less to the point to the point where like they stop shooting in the united states like the stuff is going straight to video at some point so i mean at least they capitalized and like sort of struck while the iron was hot and really got the most out of the property and you know it was around for a long time so they did their job yeah
1: Ernest was, di- or Jim Varney was doing the Ernest, I believe the last one came out in 97-ish, 97 or 98, but it was to video in my, I forget if it was either Ernest Goes to, goes to Africa, which, uh, I don't know if you, did you see the Rolling Stone piece where they said like the 50 worst movie decisions in Hollywood history? <laughs> no, I didn't. Where it, it got mocked because uh, John Landis killing two kids was slower than uh, Lord and Miller getting fired from uh, from uh, Solo or so- the Star Wars movie, hmm. and uh, and Ernest Goes to Africa was on the list. I be- I haven't seen it in years, but apparently there's blackface, and apparently it's not very funny and not politically correct.
0: Well, there was a weird and, thing like around the mid 90s, too, of like our obsession kind of with making movies in Africa. Maybe it was The Lion King that did it. But like I had just watched Congo. This is another movie that's set in Africa that doesn't really paint like the a flattering picture of Africa. There's the, the Kevin Bacon movie where he's a basketball coach. I think it's the era up there where he goes yeah, and teaches like, tribesmen it, to play basketball for a college or something like that. Isn't
1: that Isn't that wouldn't that kind of be like the white savior? Yeah, Kevin Bacon exactly. the white savior.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, a Disney movie.
0: <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh- <laughs>
1: under 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 another. I think that was under either Touchstone or Hollywood.
0: I remember because I saw though, that. I love I Kevin did Bain see that, and, in and I do like yeah. that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. It probably doesn't hold up really well thirty years down the line. But it was just weird to sort of watch Congo and then reminisce on these movies around the mid nineties that had a focus with taking. Some like thing that we know here, and placing it in Africa and seeing how that holds up. So I need I need to go back and like reexamine that whole mid nineties and see what other movies decided to try that. Yep, I
1: uh, and also Ernest. There are Ernest was featured in, or the the Sim, the thank you think the Simpsons did a gag called Ernest Needs a Candy, <laughs> or they yeah. did like as a marquee because Ernest was around.
0: Yeah, he was like he was just part of sort of like pop culture. You know, I mean, this is a guy that was able to sort of take this one caricatured version of one of many characters that he does and parlay it into a pretty big, successful Career and like honestly, in watching Ernest Scared Stupid, seeing a lot of the the secondary characters, like his I guess alternate personalities in the film, like there's a lot of good character stuff getting done there, and I'm surprised that we didn't see him sort of do more of that. But this movie starts and he's playing the ancestor of his own character, and yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like I forgot that he kind of did that. But he is notorious for playing all of these other roles and is really interesting to see Jim yeah, barney and drag and it's like oh yes that was fantastic <laughs> yeah he's got two female characters that are actually like pretty funny and i don't know like maybe maybe you couldn't base an entire story around one of those characters but in the context of them being like parts of him I think it works pretty well. And in this movie, it it was a lot of fun to see them both. I know one of them like sort of wields a hairspray can. The other one's like an old lady in a neck brace for some reason. Like, yeah, it makes no sense to me, but I guess if you were to, if you were to look at this movie and sort of like step back, remove yourself from why you like it. Why, why do people generally think this is a bad
1: movie? Uh, I I I assume well, the if you don't like don't like the ur, don't like er well I think if you don't like redneck humor or or like very dumb slapstick, I guess you could I guess you could consider it that. Apparently they reviewed it on on uh, Cisco and Ebert, and apparently they both hated it.
0: Yeah, the only Ernest movie that Siskel and Ebert ever reviewed happened to be this oh. one. They gave it two thumbs <laughs> down, but. Yeah, you had mentioned there's I think there's a line in the movie where he gets coined the great redneck hope. Yeah, like he's very proud of it. And like, honestly, it never struck me as a thing of like, he's a redneck. Like, yeah, he wears, you know, a denim vest and a hat, but he didn't strike me as like particularly cliched. And maybe that's why his character went over uh, so well in the South and why he sort of got the reception he did at the Indy 500 because it wasn't uh As stereotypical of a representation of you know someone from the south, but they call him a redneck, and he sort of like takes pride in that and wears it as a badge of honor in that moment.
1: Yeah, which you don't see. Also, uh, 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 how about Eartha Kitt in this movie?
0: Yeah, she's great. I wanted more of her.
1: Old Lady Hackmore. What's what's funny too is, is that I associate Eartha Kitt more with this movie than with Santa Baby or the Batman uh, TV show of the 60s. Yeah, where or she was Catwoman. The... Yeah. And didn't she do other stuff, too?
0: She did. I think she worked again with John Cherry on, uh, like, a Disney animated film not too long after this. Uh, maybe I never Emperor, saw it. Emperor's New Clothes or something like that.
1: Yeah, I, rem- I remember that yeah, Emperor's
0: New Groove. Mm, that's the one. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think they worked together on that, and that may have been part of the reason why she agreed to take this was to then, uh, sort of little handshake deal to get into the the voice acting.
1: Yeah, I I'm impressed they could talk to her into it in the first place. I don't know if her career was at was her career in the dumps to a point where it's like I got
0: to do an artist movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean. That's a fair question, because at the time, like the earnest property, well, maybe stigmatized a little bit as like a very particular branded type of film where it's like it's definitely for kids. It's definitely of this sort of type of humor, and it's not going to get outside that box very much. It was a successful property. And I think at the time, this was the least successful financially at the box office of them. But from everything I gather, it seems to be arguably the most popular of them.
1: Yeah. The other ones are what uh, goes to camp, goes to jail and goes to no, 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 Ernest it was Ernest Saves Christmas considered a a popular like Christmas title or no, not really.
0: I think so. It was on like the, the list of sort of like, alternate christmas movies i did the other year and i mean it seems to be pretty well received so your guess is as good as mine i mean this stuff is so old that i don't even know what's popular anymore
1: (laughs) that 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 is very 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 true uh
0: but let's see let's uh you you want to take a look at this trailer
1: sure why not
0: go ahead say what you were going to say and then we'll get to the trailer
1: uh what uh, another bit that always made me laugh is when when uh when when they have to find uh or like find the ad- anecdote to kill the trolls and and it's like like we found we found it, it's called this milk. And, and and Ernest is like, no, it's not milk, it's called miak.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't think I could find any this time of year, but he has a jar of miak and I was even reading that this whole thing was like based on maybe like a Bavarian legend or something. It's not a real product, but at the same time, it might be sort of close to this one thing and they just made it up for the movie. Very, very strange. But uh, like you said, just sort of like an anecdote to maybe get this movie from like an hour 10 to an hour 30 something like that. Like we need a reason for him not to have the answer right now. And he's so stupid, you know, people will yeah. buy that. He doesn't know the difference between milk and this thing that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I remember too. Uh, uh, do, do you think there was, do you think there was stuff that, that where, where it's like, we have to pad this a little bit to, to, to get it to an hour and a half.
0: I would say yes. Because just generally well, speaking,
1: maybe like the stuff with the the uh where, where all the character where, where where Ernest gets to play all or Jim Varney gets to play all the characters,
0: yeah, I mean, that goes on for a while, but also, I do understand it, like if this is the guy that you're hiring and sort of all of these other characters are sort of like part of the package deal, that's kind of what you want to see, like if you were to go see. Uh, like one of the Tyler Perry Medea movies, right? Like, you sort of, expect... yeah, you, you, want,
1: you want to see, you want to see, you want to see, you want to see Medea,
0: yeah, exactly. It'd be really weird to like not have that character, so I could see that maybe as being, uh, sort of part of it. But now let's take a look at the trailer and see, let's see what this was like back in 1991. Before we get to the trailer, it's time for a quick word from our sponsor just when you might've thought it wasn't real, it is. Or is it? Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's by getting your hands on some of Bulgaria's finest original uncut miyak. I bet you didn't think I could find it this time of year, but seasonal scarcity is a thing of the past thanks to their state-of-the-art miak factory. This gamey flavored yogurt is made from the most premium Bulgarian yak's milk and fermented to perfection for 16 calendar months before it is matured enough to earn a spot on your pancakes. It's not just good on pancakes either. You can have your meak with crepes, granola, fruit, you can add it to your coffee, or you can just have a spoonful to help boost your digestive health. Bulgaria's Finest is loaded with powerful yak-cultured probiotics that can help bulletproof your stomach before a bunch of unhealthy eating choices, or it can settle your tummy before bed. So don't get caught empty-handed and find yourself in the middle of a miak attack. Next time you're at the store, reach for Bulgaria's finest uncut miak.
1: Let's see how you like a little miak.
0: And now back to the show. Ah, uh, I think what you have this? the wrong.
1: <laughs> I think you have
0: the wrong trailer. <laughs> I think you I have the wrong trailer off. Let's, let's stick with it. That looks this is like someone remade the trailer as an A24 movie, back. but I kind of like this better. Yeah. <laughs> I saw... As the poisons of the evil causes through your body... We're just going to roll with this one. Toxic <laughs> yeah. <glass> of <laughs> People of Briarville because This is like a legit horror movie that they're advertising breath. here. Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> never got home last night this is good though and i think part of like watching it i felt that it was pretty good yeah some of, some of DNA it is like, like like semi-legit scary
1: yeah. at least for children
0: so by our house last night about yeah kids getting killed you got uh some like really good makeup work and stuff like that would and have something that's good, good in a monster movie The one thing they're not showing us is Ernest talking, though, because you know that <laughs> yeah. won't go over well. You're <laughs> not scared, are you? <laughs> haven't seen horrible Do you see
2: what it does to the children.
0: <laughs> All right, I liked it. That's not the original trailer, in the slightest. <laughs> I take it. I take it. You just found
1: Ernest trailer, and and. And it happened to be uh, an A24 trailer.
0: Yeah, right here it says Ernest Scared Stupid, Ernest Trailers. It doesn't say anything about alternate version or uh, A24 or anything <laughs> like that. So whatever. I, I kind of like that that was uh, a happy coincidence since we had brought that up earlier. But I think in sort of watching it, it reminded me of sort of like I, the I scary did... stuff that was on Nickelodeon at the time, like in the early 90s. What was it? Are you afraid of the dark? Is that the one I'm thinking of?
1: Under on, on IMDb, you do have uh, the uh, the, there is like a TV spot and there is an Ernest Scared Stupid 1991 trailers, which it looks like that would have been the original or the, the like the original version of it.
0: Yeah, we, we don't need it, we know what it no. is. No, <laughs> yeah,
1: and 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 I do like that that we never you never heard Ernest
0: talk. Yeah, because as soon as if you're trying to make a movie that's serious, like you can't have them going like and, and hope that that is going to translate. But yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, that was
1: that an A24 style scary movie trailer works.
0: Yeah. And I felt that even in watching it, like it's not that it's very far creative. Off. Yeah. The movie is not that far off from being a legitimate horror movie from for, that for, era for,
1: fam- for families.
0: Yeah, and I kind of like I I kept getting this weird thing of like uh, it's reminding me of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, so I like I kept thinking that like Ernest Scared Stupid is almost like a kid friendly version of Killer Clowns, and then in reading about it that the well the Chiodo brothers did the effects, the the filmmakers of Killer Clowns from Outer Space did. The makeup and effects work for the trolls here uh, and i think they recycled actually some of them as well so in terms of just like horror dna it's definitely there and the only thing that kind of rescues it uh well not rescues it but the only thing that sort of differentiates it from what would be a traditional horror movie in that way would be earnest character and sort of just lightening up the tone in general
1: he never knew when to quit.
0: Smack in the head. <laughs> um, and they do that
1: bit twice.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're trying to get this movie. It's it's an hour 31. So it's like just over the 90 minute mark. But at the same time, it's kind of what I expect. Like, even if this movie was like an hour 15, hour 20, I think that's kind of close. And I would be I wouldn't be surprised. To look at the straight to video versions of this series that had come out uh after this one and see that they're probably closer to like an hour 20 it it wouldn't surprise me at all
1: uh yeah it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the if if the uh the, the latter versions are shorter yeah i believe most of these are like an hour hour 30 yeah yeah uh Christmas is an hour 15 or is an hour 35. So so in other words yes it was lo- it was possibly even longer.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um are you familiar I mean I know you know of the movie but are you like semi familiar with the force awakens?
1: Uh yeah, a little bit.
0: Okay, so I don't know if it was just me but this earth the kit character was sort of like ringing some bells for me. And I I don't know what her name is. Like Oz Kanata, I think she was in The Force Awakens. She's the one that Ray sort of meets and she gets the lightsaber Uh, in the bar. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, uh, was that Zoe Sonata's character? I think so, Or, no, no, not not Zoe Sonata, uh, or, I fucked up her name, Saldana. Saldana. Uh, Yeah, no, no, it was, uh, uh christ the woman from 12 years of Slave.
0: uh yes lupita and Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah wasn't that lupita yango's character
0: yes so yeah in watching this i was like oh wow like she's got like the glasses she's sort of got like the temperament the demeanor she's oh, yeah. like she's she's got the weirdness that's sort of like this outsider kind of uh personality for the rest of the story so i like i, I don't know i would not be are you surprised. suggesting Plus, that this that, is that, disney too
1: are you suggesting that jj abrams is a is an earnest fan
0: look i would not be surprised i think jj abrams like age-wise is fairly close to me i mean what is he in his 40s so he's not that much older than i am
1: i i thought he would be closer to 50
0: well, maybe, but I mean, shit, give me 11 years. I'll be 50. So he's not that far off. Like, and this is a 1991 movie as well. So I, uh, I he's be he's,
1: uh, he's close to 60.
0: All right. Well, he's significantly older than me.
1: Yeah. JJ J. was born in 66.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean yeah, he's I, I, not a fan of Ernest, and that he maybe yeah, didn't uh, model his character <laughs> after Eartha Kitt's. Uh, what is her name in this? Uh, Ole Hagmore. Hagmore, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It it just like struck me as weird, like the the sort of design choices and the like the weird goggles that she's wearing. But there's also a scene where she like puts on reading glasses and she's like reading from this book of legend. But also, I'm yeah. like, what does she need glasses for? This is like a 150 point font that she's using in this book. <laughs> like, she could read this thing from outer space. Uh, who, who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you I... just want your character to like put on glasses to like look smart or look, you know, whimsical or something. So I think that's more of what it was. But as she's slipping through the pages, it's like they could only fit like 10 words on the page because the text is so big. And Ernest is still complaining that he wants more pictures
1: yeah 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 where are the pictures in this book
0: (laughs) that that said though like he seems to be semi-well-informed even before he goes to old lady hackmore's and reads the book like they build the treehouse, and then he's sort of like telling the kids the details of the legend but like he knows all of it like the back of his hand and i don't know if that's just something that sort of was maybe passed down to his character because They go out of their way to sort of explain to us that he's like the stupidest person in the town and that his family bloodline has been cursed, basically with stupidity and that each generation is going to get dumber and dumber because of what they did to the troll. So to have him sort of be like fairly well educated on. Not just what was happening with the treehouse, but he knows the exact words he had to recite, like the, the proper incantation in order to make this thing happen. And he also goes into this long uh, diatribe in front of the kid about something that was going on in Botswana. And that's when we see him like shift into uh, sort of like the Roman general and then uh, the Botswana lumberjack and so many different characters in this moment. And I'm just thinking to myself watching that is this story accurate? Because I can't figure out if it's funnier that he does all this dress up stuff and goes through all this explanation and doesn't know what he's talking about or if he's generally a moron, but he happens to like have really good retention on things that maybe interest him because he goes into so much detail about this story and you know, it had to be written sort of like for each individual character that he was going to be playing in that moment. So I don't know. It was just a moment where I kind of like stopped and took a step back and just appreciated Jim Varney and all of like particular intricacies he brings to a movie.
1: I'm curious how long the, those scenes took because in theory if you're playing six different if you're playing six different characters you have to you have to change costs for, for oh, every yeah. every shot you have to change costume and maybe change your voice a little bit so it's so you're not playing the same char- same guy
0: yeah and i mean they go they do that same sort of gag Later, where they're in the treehouse but like at least yeah. the first time they're just in the garage so you're like in a static location but when you get in the treehouse they're using uh like props you know they're using the the yogurt slinger i mean that's probably that's a really gross name for it but you know it's the, the dog food cannon whatever they got the pizza frisbee launcher and there's a there's all sorts of levers and contraptions and devices and so i could imagine that sort of shooting uh, All of that in the context of like an action scene where you have a bunch of people in costume, you've got a bunch of extras running around on the set is going to be a lot more time consuming, a lot more difficult than sort of setting it in the garage, letting him play each of the characters come in, do the lines, maybe do a second shot or something and then clip it all together and post. But I really did just have an appreciation for his style of comedy. And what he brought to the table with all these characters. And I think that translates also to uh, like those two like shitty car salesmen or whatever the hell they are. (laughs) Yeah. Those two guys, I think tone wise, definitely don't fit the movie. But I love that about them because the two of them.
1: You're talking about the two idiots that are, are more... Maybe not accurate representations of the south, se- or but more stereotypical of of the south and redneck.
0: Uh, yeah, the two like brothers that sell him all the the troll yeah. merchandise, right? Yep. Because like they of- they they come across as like smarmy car salesmen. Because I think the first time we see them, they're they're putting together like a commercial for a sale that they're having, and then Ernest walks in and they sort of talk him into buying all this stuff that he doesn't need. And, you know, we see that he's dressed ridiculous after that. But at the end of that scene, you have these, you have Ernest asking for what is it? The, the record of uh troll love songs. And they're I like, believe... oh, of course we have that. And they whip out like the troll love song thing. So like that whole comedy bit is just, so specific and it doesn't even really fit within the universe that they're building. Like nobody believes that trolls are real, yet these guys have like all of this troll equipment. They have a vinyl record of troll love songs. It's it's very bizarre.
1: Also at the end, don't they play the blue Danamore uh... when, when it when it when it goes when it's when it's time for uh for Ernest to uh or where they, they find that because they they because uh, Old Lady Hackmore tells them that it's only one true, the only, the, the one thing that will kill the troll is one true love.
0: Mm-hmm, that's right. And
1: plus, and plus the miak. <laughs> so, so, it, so, it so, so it takes a sip of miak and takes out with the trolls and that defeats the day and they play the Blue war from 2001
0: yeah well he has to dance with the troll first i think before he kisses him yeah uh but yeah like that's what i'm that's what i mean like the the type of comedy that it is it's mixing this very sort of off the wall sketch comedy style with a pretty formulaic type of kids movie that I mean, you could even equate this to something like uh, Three Ninjas, right? Kind of fits the same formula where there's some kids, there's a big bad guy, there's like an older mentor that kind of tells them what they need to do in order to sort of vanquish the bad guy. Like, this is a formula that was followed very closely by a lot of movies at the time. So seeing this spin on it was just very weird to look back on 30 years ago because I want to see this movie be like as rated R and as crazy as possible, right? Like I think putting it in this PG <laughs> yep. box and making it for kids really sort of limits the creative potential of Varney and all these other characters to have like do, a really wild adventure do you, do you
1: think there was because I know because they were it was created under Disney being a touchstone. do you think there was now now not none of the other uh like the straight the video stuff they never went pushed it for adults. Yeah. Do you think there Do you think there was ever a possibility that that maybe Varney at one point thought, "Hey, let let's 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 have Ernest say some cuss words, or do some raunchier jokes."
0: That's a good question because I don't know Jim Varney. Uh, is it Jim? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Jim was necessarily the type to go down that road because I didn't really know of him outside of Ernest and the commercials. So. I, I don't know if it was his agenda or not.
1: You you may remember that 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 he was also Slinky Dog in Toy Story.
0: Yeah, I think Toy Story one and two he did the voice for. At, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Apparently, I think he died right after Toy Story two had came out, but he had already done his. He already he already did his lines. Mm. And I believe, sadly, the last since you brought up Three Ninjas, I believe the last movie, a <laughs> live action movie, he did was. Three ninjas uh Return to Kick Mountain or Return to Something Mountain.
0: Was <laughs> it Mega Mountain?
1: <laughs> the one with Hulk Hogan. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't, Jim, I don't even G- know. There's so many and, of and, those movies.
1: And Jim Varney is the bad guy.
0: Uh High Noon is Mega Mountain is what it's called.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jim Varney is bad it's like a almost like a mustache throwing bad guy, almost with an awful toupee. Well, granted, granted <laughs> granted Hulk Hogan's toupee may have been worse.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised uh Hulk Hogan decided to wear a toupee at all. You know, this is late nineties. He's already like he's bald yeah, at that point. He's Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I think, by the late nineties.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would have been NWO. Yeah. He had already turned he had already turned heel at that
0: point. Yeah, and you would mention, you know, whether or not uh Varney sort of wanted to maybe break the mold and do something a little bit more adult with uh, Ernest. And by the time the fourth movie rolls around, maybe sort of the crowd that got behind him when he was a uh, sort of maybe geared a little bit more towards adults with the first Ernest film. And then it's sort of like gradually you start to find that, hey, you know, we've uh, kids are going to be our primary audience for this. We're going to make a PG. But it seemed like a lot of what he did here was sort of ad libbed because of like the the way the line delivery is coming off. And, you know, it could be that him and his writing partners did a really good job of like understanding those characters and what they need to bring to the table. But there's like some moments in the film where he's sort of like rambling on these crazy tangents. And it's like, he's not even the main focus. Like the, the movie's focus has moved elsewhere, but you can still like sort of hear him going on in the background. And to me, it just comes across as like a really good, comedian sort of understanding the character and crafting the stories within the world that this film is taking place. But I don't know if you have any insights to whether or not like he sort of ad-libbed all that stuff or if it was very tightly scripted.
1: Uh, that I do not know. I, I, I assume they allow, I assume some of that was ad-libbed, but I I, I don't know if like the script is available and whatnot. I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up after the fact. I'm going through uh, the the Wikipedia to see if there's yeah uh, after after Scared Stupid would have been rides again, which I yeah. believe that I think that came to theaters. It, it I know was, it was
0: yeah, I think that was the last one in theaters.
1: Yeah, I know it wasn't released by Disney. It was released by somebody.
0: Yeah, Disney ended their contract with uh, John Cherry after. This movie, which surprising. Apparently, I mean, like, sure, it didn't make that much money, but, you know, what do you expect?
1: Yeah, it it, it did uh $14.1 million on a $9.6 million budget. So, that's, yes, it didn't make terrible. as much as some, some of the others, but it's not, like, an outright flop where it made
0: less. Yeah, like, if but, Disney Plus or something existed at the time, I think there still would have been, like, a home for this kind of movie to exist for Disney.
1: I am surprised that none of the earnest, that the Disney owned earnest movies were on Disney plus
0: me too. I had like, to roll, like, I had like, watch this on Hoopla.
1: Yeah. yeah so yeah. So you need a library card.
0: Yeah. Fortunately, because I was uh, recording with Ben and Nick's for cinema shit show. I just was like, let me see. I'll sign up online. And it gave me the card instantly. So that worked. And now I got Hoopla and canopy. So Thanks, Nix and Ben from Cinema Shit Show.
1: Hey. Also, <laughs> according according to IMDb, or, uh, yeah, I'm on IMDb, I was looking at, the, for the, like, the box office, uh, the first weekend, it made $4.4 $4. 4 million.
0: But, like, half its budget in the first weekend. That's good.
1: Which I believe, which is more than some movies have made today, on with, with higher budgets.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to just to look back 30 years ago and see like what was considered a financial failure. Cause you know, Disney was sort of like in their animation heyday at that point, you've got a movie that you invested in that got its money back. So kind of weird that this would have been the straw that broke the camel's back when it came to the contract with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently I think that, I think they initially had signed it as a six million, Like a six movie deal. Yeah. And then and I guess they didn't live up or or Disney didn't like. What was the first
0: one? Was it Ernest Goes to Camp Uh, or Ernest Saves Christmas?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ernest Goes to Camp was the first one.
0: Okay, I'm reading this after Ernest Saved Christmas that they inked the six movie contract.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm on work since you were talking about the script. In the original script for Ernest Scared Stupid, the villain wasn't a troll, it was actually a haunted statue. The original, script had, the original script had a lot of flavor to Scared Stupid, though, but there were no trolls. There was one statue a statue that came to life. It was some terrible person that came back from the dead. John Sherry John and Coke Sam went to Disney with that script. They both felt that it was the best thing they'd ever written, and that they knew that Disney wanted it, and Disney uh, but Disney read it, and their exact response was, "What were you guys smoking when you wrote this?"
0: <laughs> That's funny coming from Disney.
1: <laughs> and and they 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 dismembered, or apparently, like a lot of the gags were the same, but instead of a troll, it being a troll, it was a it was like a haunted statue that came to life. So I assume that the general idea would have been the same. They just changed it from a from a statue to trolls.
0: I mean, they kept the little like kid wooden figures. Like there, I guess they're just like, no, we want some kind of creepy statue involved in this movie. But I think it's better for the film and for us as the audience to have an actual villain because it's like you know an evil statue. Like you're you're really asking a lot from Varney and the kids to come out and be like, all right, well, we're going to act opposite a statue. I mean, I, I assume the statue's going to come to life at some point, but yeah, you know, yeah, what it, I mean. yeah, there's going to be a it'll, large it'll be, chunk of this movie where nothing yeah, happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Old, it'll be old Eddie Hackmore. You know how how they how earn how Ernest says the uh, says the chant that brings the trolls to life. Uh-huh. I assume it would be the chant that brings the uh, the, uh, the haunted statue to life. Yeah,
0: because it's like if you give Ernest, like, say he inherits a haunted house or something. Right. I think there's I think there's, that was an idea, too. Yeah, I think that can work. I think the haunted statue, maybe not so much. But like if he inherits a haunted house and there's ghosts and there's maybe like an evil spirit in there, et cetera. Like you could probably find a way to make that work. But I could see that, you know, if I were going to finance this movie, I would say. A statue like come on let's let's do better than that and then they moved on to trolls but i think it's for the benefit of this movie because i think the design of the at least the primary troll itself is very good and i think that's why i was having such a like a weird experience watching it because You know, you see a movie like, say, Leprechaun or a movie like uh, Ghoulies, right? Like there's these I never saw either of them. Okay. well, in Leprechaun, you get a guy in a suit and, you know, he's got a lot of prosthetics on. But it, it does something for everybody else in the film to have to interact with him. And then in Ghoulies, you get these like little creatures that you know, interact and you have all the design going into the puppetry and that. And so in this you have like somebody in a suit, but also the whole head is like animatronic. And it's a yeah, giant things. It's, very, head on thing it's very,
1: very well done. And it does yeah. you never you never feel like this is like a guy in a suit.
0: Yeah. So I think like I was so impressed if this, because if this felt, were
1: made to if this were sorry, uh if this were made for today They probably would have done uh, a motion capture. Yeah.
0: And I think that's why I was so impressed by it, because it's like not only do you have a guy in a suit wearing this giant like animatronic head, but the design of it, I think, would be at home in all of the other horror movies sort of of the era. And that's why I That's why it sort of pinged in my brain that I was like, this reminds me so much of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And then when I started reading about it and I saw that it was the same filmmakers did the effects work for this, I'm like, well, that makes sense. Because that was sort of like one of the best elements of that movie is that all of the makeup design, the costumes were really, really creepy looking. And like this movie is so gooey and gross and like this thing is constantly got snot running out of its nose like its mouth has sort of a its own kind of ecosystem of snot yeah. inside its mouth and then it all like know, cold stores <laughs> and <laughs> yeah that troll gets around okay uh <laughs> that's why he wanted to bring all the other trolls back but he ends up kissing Ernest at the end and like you get that big moment of the like the slime connecting them and he gets the ooh, like the famous sort yep. of like earnest moment out of that. And I just thought like all of the practical effects work in this movie were fantastic. Like the little eggs that are growing out of the trees, the way they sort of birth the trolls from these uh Wombs that are buried underneath the leaves on the set, and how they have to sort of like break through this membrane to be born into this world. I really thought, like, that A24 trailer really did a good job of sort of explaining that this movie in its DNA is pretty close to being a real horror movie. And we just happen to get like the PG version of it because that's what the brand is. Because, and because it's earnest. Yeah, exactly. Um, But there's also the moment in the the market where Ernest is sort of like thinking out loud about all the troll stuff and the trolls behind him and the dude behind the counter like whips out a shotgun and points it in his face. And I'm like, oh, man, this has got like a little bit of Evil Dead elements in it, too. And like you could really take the movie at that moment and turn it in a very like intense direction. But instead, they just they dial it back. And then like that scene just kind of goes on, goes on its merry way because the troll ran into some like spilled milk or something. And, uh, but I want to ask you too, is this the most pro milk movie that you've <laughs> ever seen? There's so much milk. Milk, in sa- this movie. <laughs> milk saves the
1: milk saves the day or me it, it,
0: It's yeah. I feel it, like the it, dairy, the dairy lobby definitely, uh, was financing somebody to get this into the movie. Also, something
1: I've always loved about this movie, uh, uh, you remember Rimshot Dog? Uh, yeah, A- and 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 the and the bit where he's driving the car. He's <laughs> like, "Come on, no, no, Rimshot, make it go, make it go forward, make it go forward, Rimshot." That's that's it, that's it, that's it, Rimshot.
0: Yeah, he drive doesn't he like drive the garbage truck too, or he's just like operating yeah. the garbage truck controls?
1: They have him pretending like he's driving the car.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: because it's earnest, (laughs) because it's like the world of earnest, it works.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh... (laughs) But Rimshot's cute. I like that, like they incorporate sort of that relationship where it's like, even though Varney is sort of like an outcast in the world that they depict him in, he's still like really good and kind to kids. He's good with animals and they all love him back. So it kind of like this symbiotic relationship between the core elements of the film, which when you're making a kid's movie, like you have to sort of hone in on uh, that element. And he acts as almost like a surrogate parent to all of these kids, because even though the kids' parents are in the movie. I think up until maybe the very the, end, the like very end, twenty minutes or so, th- because the,
1: the the father of the girls like 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 come on, it's Halloween. There there are no there there's nothing nothing bad is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And doesn't the father disown the son before or not disown him, but uh, but like it's like you're hanging out with Ernest too much. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's this element that sort of permeates the film that it was not uncommon to other movies where, you know, kids are sort of the main characters. But this thing of like kids aren't telling the truth, right? Like we're not supposed to believe when kids say that there's trolls or there's magic or whatever. And I think they kind of get into a little bit of that, too, with uh, Hocus Pocus, which I think is another Disney product. I'm I'm not. time.
1: Uh, I'm not a big Hocus Pocus fan. Although I did, I did. You saw it, I though, did, didn't you? The original was in 92? 92 or 93, yeah. I think, that, was that released by Disney under Disney or was that by like Touchstone? It could have they, been
0: Touchstone too, but I know the. the but now, was now, now, under
1: that's cons- now that's considered a Disney movie.
0: Yeah. But that too was like. Here's these kids. They sort of unlock a a curse that they shouldn't have unlocked. These ancient things come back and they need the spirits of children in order to like power themselves up. And then
1: actually it was released by Disney under under the Disney label.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense at least. But uh, I can see a little bit of the connective tissue between these types of stories. It feels like Hocus Pocus was maybe like a little bit more adult, a little bit not really adult but like more in the pg-13 realm than earnest but it's like you cover all of your bases that way at least yeah i don't
1: yeah yeah uh yeah hocus pocus is pg but but isn't it kind of like a hard pg
0: yeah because at least for that
1: or at least for that era
0: yeah, I would say that I feel like the kids are older in that movie. Like they're probably maybe 13 or 14 or the kids here seem maybe a little bit younger. They're like closer to 10, 12. So it's like the difference between being like an adolescent and transitioning to being a teenager versus being like a a, a little kid that's still sort of like on the way to adolescence.
1: Yeah, pretty, it's been a yeah, long pretty... time
0: since I've seen Hocus Pocus, though.
1: It, it's that's probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, I did not I didn't watch the you're, second one either.
1: <laughs> in other words, you're not one that watches it every year around this time of year.
0: No. I don't know if I have that movie. Like cuz I'm not like I wouldn't identify myself as like a gung ho horror fan. Like I like horror films when they're done well, but I don't really like carve out time to be like, "Oh, I'm going to watch like, you know, Halloween movies around Halloween." I think I watched Hubie Halloween last year. So, that's about as close as it gets. You're not you're
1: not doing like Argento horror this year or doing like a theme.
0: Nah, I don't have time to think of themes for that stuff. I got to run themes for the film club. So maybe at Uh, some point, maybe at some point I'll start to cross those over so that the shows I talk about here also sort of work with the stuff we're doing for the film club. But I didn't think that far ahead when I started. Although you all are doing Tokyo Core Club. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i still have to watch that tonight so i gotta watch tokyo Gore but, police tonight which is gonna be intense
1: what, yeah what's 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 funny too is that because that's on uh that's all on one of these the ads that were not ads that's one of the streaming sites that has that where you play film with ads
0: yeah i think it's tubi what's
1: yeah so basically you'll have somebody gets decapitated and over the top guys of <laughs> blood comes out it's like Hey, hey, uh, do you have a erectile dysfunction? would you like would you would do, do you need or are you suffering from some <laughs> random random virus and need and need pills?
0: It's fun. I mean, I watch martyrs that way, and so it was like a really intense moment broken up by a commercial for like gain flings with someone like <laughs> smelling a stranger's shirt on the bus. And I'm like, okay, maybe I needed this break in this movie, but it definitely takes you out of it a little bit. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it tonight one way or the other. So at least I'll get, uh, I'll be two horror movies deep. And then we've still got a few more weekends left in the month where I know I'll at least check a few boxes. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out throughout the rest of the month. That is like horror stuff. So I, I'll, I'll have no shortage of options.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, there there, there are a few. Are, are what, What's the big horror thing that, well, extra flavor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's so the what? one that people are very like, uh, basically upset that it exists. <laughs> and it's weird that it came out on the same weekend that William Friedkin's final movie is being released I've heard that, on uh, I've heard Showtime. That...
1: Yeah, Showtime, Paramount Plus with Showtime, whatever you want to call it. I've heard I've heard very good things. I do like the quote that basically uh, uh, freaking was was like, did you know that the guy that made the Halloween trilogy, the new Halloween trilogy is going to be doing The Exorcist? So that means that the guy who made Pineapple Express is going (laughs) to extend my is going to extend my movies. I don't want to have anything to do with it. In fact, I don't want to be on this earth when that comes out. And if and if I happen to be gone by that point, I hope to curse that director and make I mean, his life a living hell.
0: Uh, I mean, he was, maybe, he, I mean, was he was a blind. little intense, but
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> He yeah. was
0: very straightforward.
1: If he didn't like something.
0: He didn't keep his mouth shut about it, that's for sure. No. Uh, Well, how do you feel about getting into some trivia right now? Go ahead. Time for trivia. All right. Let's go. Question number one. What is the name of the milk brand that is used in this movie?
1: There is a branding of milk.
0: Yeah, so, like, there's the milk truck that almost runs over the kid. You see some, like, cartons of milk. And then I think there's also, like, uh, the, the frozen yogurt display or whatever that they uh, crash into.
1: I'm actually blanking on that.
0: Mm. The name of the milk is Purity Dairy. So it turns out that that was actually a real-life product, and it was a client of uh, director John Cherry, Uh, of his ad agency so folded it into the movie in a nice little uh bit of synergy there yeah that would make sense and then question number two we talked about this a little bit so the opening credit features a number of classic monster movies that are well maybe were in public domain but you had mentioned uh i think nosferatu and ride of frankenstein Give yeah, me, I, give me one more. Uh well, I
1: think well, Little Shop of Horrors. The yeah, uh, there you go from 1960. The, uh, which I believe a very, very young Jack Nicholson is in that movie, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah that that's a Roger Corman movie.
0: And we also get White Zombie from 1932, Phantom from Space from 1953, The Brain from Planet Arus 1957, The Screaming Skull from 1958, Basically, it's of The a- Moon from 1958. Any,
1: anything that was in public domain that they <laughs> yep. didn't have to pay for.
0: <laughs> yep. The Hideous Sun Demon from 1958, The Giant Dilla Di- Monster from 1959. Because Disney was cheap. Yeah apparently because they didn't even think this movie making money was uh, good enough to keep them on and then we got The Killer Shrews from 1959, Battle Beyond the Sun from 1959 and as you mentioned, Little Shop of Horrors so we go to question number three, how many total films exist in the earnest verse I'm counting <laughs> up top. are there like eight of them? There's Nine total, which is crazy because this was the fourth one, I think. And then the fifth one was Ernest Rides Again. That was the last uh last one on the Disney brand. It was the last one shot in the US. Oh, sorry. Ernest Scared Stupid was the last one the Disney brand, the last one shot in the US. And Everything the second to John last. One, yeah and then this was the second to last one to get a theatrical release before ernest rides again but that's a whole lot of ernest and then
1: you, and then you have uh uh slam dunk ernest
0: apparently ernest goes to africa
1: <laughs> yeah ernest goes to africa <laughs> i think the last one was ernest well there was also ernest goes to school
0: mm that seems right and
1: then and then I think Ernest in the Army, I think, was the last one. I think, I think he was, I think, wasn't for Kim Vardy sick for that one? Yeah. I because think so. I know he was diagnosed with cancer like 97, 98 because he was a heavy smoker. Mm. Yeah. I think he died before Toy Story 2 came out, but he had done all of his work. So he didn't have to ADR anything.
0: Yeah. He died in 2000. And. Toy I
1: thought Story.
0: he died, like, 99. Uh, It's listed here as 2000, February 10th of 2000. So very, yeah. very early on in 2000, though. And then there was, uh, I guess he did some voice acting for an Atlantis movie, yeah. Toy Story 2. So a lot of stuff that he got to voice act probably well before uh, he actually, like, got too sick to work.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. i the other big thing I remember Varney from is remember when he was on The Simpsons?
0: Uh, what year he,
1: uh, uh, uh the, the 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 episode where they go to uh the car the, the, the carnival and the carnies,
0: yeah, yeah. And doesn't I, I I, I want to say I I want to say
1: that uh, what was John Waters in that episode too?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I don't know off the top of my head, but I would not be shocked. The Simpsons have had so many guest stars over the years, uh, high caliber guest stars, too. So, yeah. Wouldn't really surprise me to see that they were uh, that they had John Varney and John Waters in the same episode.
1: I uh, no, I don't think they were in the same episode because John Waters did. Did the episode where they thought. Where Homer uh, goes, Gra- I think like Homer goes to a gay bar.
0: He meets, he meets the. I forgot what the character's name was, but he's got the he, like he befriends a gay guy that like he doesn't know is gay at first, I think. Yeah. And then he's I think he I think he fears that like Bart's turning gay because of being exposed to this guy. But the character is drawn to look also like John Waters with the mustache. and yeah. everything. And I think the character's name is actually John. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, I think, if I remember that episode, Homer is sort of like, he's like, "You're gay." Wait, no, queer. And he's like, "Wait, what do you want to be called?" And he's like, "Well, my name is John." So, uh, yeah, that's a that's still in the golden age of the Simpsons, like that first ten years.
1: Yeah, and and they they I guess that could be considered problematic now, but because Probably. John Waters, I assume I assume that John Waters would have been not- what would be one would he be one to complain though i don't think so it's it or, or or at least complain in the uh the hey i don't think this is funny or or i think this is homophobic and
0: i don't think he would have done the show if that was the case to be honest like from what i have seen in terms of like how john waters presents himself and sort of his personality that at least i've seen publicly like i don't know him so who knows for sure yeah i i don't think he would be the type to get offended or else why do the show in the first place
1: yeah exactly i'm i'm trying to think of other of other bits bits from from the Ernest verse that that, to, to
0: bring up well i know that in Ernest goes to jail like he gets electrocuted and then he has like lightning powers right I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) That's like one of the things that I remember most about Ernest. And then, I mean, the cover for Ernest Saves Christmas is pretty iconic. And I don't know. I think Goes to Jail and Scared Stupid were the two that, like, kind of were right around the time where I was impressionable enough and able to see those movies. So they're the ones that I sort of gravitated towards. But I would say that Scared Stupid is probably the one that I've seen the most because at the time I was probably also starting to get into horror movies and stuff like that. I mean, I probably saw it around like 92 or 93. So a couple years after it came out, you know, I'm getting closer to 10 years old and I'm starting to, you know, I would have been other things. I would have been six. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. October
1: nine. Yeah. October 91. I would have been six.
0: And there's a moment. There's a couple of moments that I like towards the end of this, where one of them is like the troll. He gets like the statue of the final kid, right? That's going to like, let yeah, him be super powered. he puts it in the tree and he does like a double fist pump. He's like, yeah, got that last kid. I can finally get to full power. And he does like a little troll celebration. I always was just like amused by sort of like the body language and like the physical acting choices to do that, because this is a character that for the majority of the movie is like this otherworldly being, but there, like, it comes a time where he just starts speaking English and it's like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't realize he could speak English the whole time. And later he ends up in, I guess, underneath the tree while all of the other trolls are getting battled off from the eggs that spawned. But yeah, he's down underneath the tree and he's like, okay, demons like juice me up with demon power and all the demon souls come into him and uh he gets stronger and his little disgusting skin tags like grow extra long and his fingernails grow extra long, he grows like horns out of his face. Uh those are also some impressive effects too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I'm wondering, like, well, if he could have just like supercharged his demon power the whole time, why did he need the kids? Why did he wait so long to call upon the demon superpowers? Like What was he doing this whole time? Did he just think it was going to be easy? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. But it's just weird that that sort of like happens at that point in the movie, because again, we're talking about this movie maybe is not really at its core an hour and a half. And so you need these like sort of hurdles to exist in order to drag this thing out to 90 minutes.
1: Also, that also apparently I think they said there were like 14 drafts of it. Oh wow, that's a.
0: Lot.
1: And also, I don't know. Uh, Jim Varney never had any official writing credit on any of these, so I don't know. I assume hmm. he would have been in the writers' room pitching stuff, or because I think it was kind of his character, but I guess he decided to go uncredited. Hmm. I I'm not. I don't know if he. I assume he did some. Would have done some. Either did some writing or. Was basically just allowed to improvise, but keep it in the PG. Yeah, uh, think also uh, a couple of years ago, the Almar Draft House in Virginia did like a secret Halloween or secret secret scary movie Halloween screening, and and everybody got because I think I think draft Draft House around Halloween time. Like for two weeks they'll do they'll do one secret screening, not tell anybody what it is. Some people are thinking, oh, it's going to be an Channel movie, or oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be like Halloween six, the producers cut. It turns out to be Ernest Scared Stupid, and apparently some people were, were were not happy, and and like 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 on the Twitter, I do remember like like the programmer retweeting people saying like like I went to the I went to the draft house expecting a scary movie and I got fucking earnest.
0: <laughs> Ernest is fun though. I mean like y- you can't deny it even though it has its pitfalls like it has a lot of character. It has I think more than enough heart for it to sort of work as a kid's horror movie. And it's got some legit like good comedy in it. I mean, there's a moment in this where
1: a lot Ernest... of the slaps the the the, the chasing <laughs> where where oh, yeah. where Ernest gets, and and it's and it's all fast, and it's like Rah! and then he chases them, get them in a circle, and then he gets confused, and then he and then he gets chased by them and oh it's so good.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a moment too where one of the trolls has like an axe and he's on the ground and He's about to get hit with the axe and he does something and just like reaches up and he gives him some like one liner and then eye gouges the monster. And like that moment had me laughing so hard for some reason. Just... It's slapstick <laughs> that
1: works It it, just, it for yeah. some reason it works.
0: And I think right before that, too, uh, maybe right after that, where he, he's up in the treehouse fort and he's getting ready to sh- like shoot milk cartons and yogurt at these monsters.
1: And he's talking to the. Uh... To his all all three egos.
0: one of them picks up a bowling ball and like just throws it off the side of the tree and it lands on somebody's head and i was like oh my god did ernest just kill a guy <laughs> because <laughs> you throw a bowling ball like you know you drop that thing 10 maybe 15 feet onto a human being's head you're going to do some serious damage there i mean you miss the, it, even if it's the unless lightest a home,
1: bowling ball unless it's a home alone movie yeah where you can drop a brick from that there was like a science thing on IMDb. I think somebody tested it out. <laughs> and then if you and then if you dropped a cinder block brick <laughs> five or six stories above and hit somebody in the head, they're likely they're going to have a serious brain injury or die.
0: Oh yeah, I You're mean not, I'm sure that was I mean, I mean, probably he, on Mythbusters.
1: I mean he takes a lot. He takes what five or Marv takes like five or six bricks
0: to the head. He sure does. And those are like thrown off like a tall building because that's the second one, right? Yeah, that's the second one. Yeah, he's throwing those off like the roof of a multi-story building. And those are like right on target, right in his face. Like at the very least, he's having some like skull damage, maybe broken orbital yeah. bone for sure. Well, he, he
1: also gets electrocuted and you can actually see his skull pop out. <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry, <laughs> whole, makes... You
0: see his whole skeleton for a second.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> that. that that be <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, Home Alone did a great job sort of with like the physical gag humor and you know, Why the you can't, hell are you you can't like really match that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's something that you can't really match, but I guess in the world of movies for kids where you have to make the violence yeah, make them... funny enough that no one's really getting seriously hurt, but I was just thinking I was like, wow, if someone dropped a bowling ball on the top of your head. Like you're not standing after that, or if you are, it's because you got like a piece of skull. Doesn't it hit into like? Doesn't,
1: doesn't it hit like the one of the bumbling sheriffs or the or the uh, or somebody just like,
0: ow? Yeah, it hit one of like the parents. I think there was, yeah, there's like a troll on the guy's back trying to stab him or something, and Ernest thinks he's doing the good thing by dropping the bowling ball and trying to hit him, but instead he hits the parent right in the skull and just like, it doesn't kill him. Nope. Doesn't kill him. Hey, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger though. Right. Yep. Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) There's also one little bit of trivia that I found interesting is that there's a moment where I think the bullies first show up to tear down the treehouse, And this is a little bit earlier in the movie. And they let us know that our primary group of kids has been bullied by these particular bullies uh, sort of throughout the course of their lives. And, they they finally build this treehouse as a way to have like a fort to protect them. And of course, they have all these contraptions and stuff. But one of them is like a pizza slinger. And yeah. so the pizzas that they were slinging were at first I was like, are those real pizzas? Are they just are they a using real pizzas because it's like the easiest thing to do? Uh, and then B, if they are, does this treehouse that they made have like an easy bake oven in it or something where they're making, (laughs) you know, oven made pizzas. And then in reading about it, I found out that these were, uh, recycled props from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So I, (laughs) I found that that was a nice little bit of, you know, connective tissue to another movie from my childhood that sort of capitalizes on good practical effects, works, good costumes, good makeup design, stuff like that.
1: Also, I don't know if you've seen the new one. The new one's fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah. The animated one.
1: Yeah. The the new one.
0: Yeah. I wish it had done better in theaters, but I think I think over time it will sort of find its fans because it's like it it didn't fail in theaters like it did well. It just didn't do great. It had like a mediocre first week and then the second week, I think word of mouth got out and everybody that was like on the fence wanting to see it. Went and saw it and I had talked to Scott, who's in our film club about this, and he was like really in love with it when he saw it. And we were sort of just talking about he thought it was going to be like the next Spider-Verse. And I was like, even if it is good, I don't know that it's going to have the sort of staying power just because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are, haven't been a staple in pop culture for the last 30 years, the way they were like when we were kids. Right. Like everything was. Ninja yeah, Turtles, Turtles, had, lunchboxes, card- had t-shirts, card- backpacks, cartoon, movies.
1: Yeah, and uh, and uh, the Michael Bay movies were, even though he didn't direct them, but
0: he, his stamp is all over them. <laughs> I thought you were going to say his stink is all over them, and I would have been like, yeah, well, that well, makes that, sense, too. That makes sense, too.
1: <laughs> uh, fun fact, I believe the only Ninja Turtles movie I saw on theaters was
0: number three, the one where they go to Japan. <laughs> what is that one called? Don't they time travel? They go back to, like, feudal era Japan, right? Yeah. The second one was Secrets of the Ooze. I don't remember the name. With, of it with, with, Turtles in Time. With, with,
1: I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. The second one has has Vanilla Ice, and I believe it. I believe it has Kevin Nash, the wrestler, as yeah. uh, as a Super Shredder, right? I believe so.
0: Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, Go. Well, there's also there's also we can cover a like, Ninja Turtles movie at another time on this show. There's also a callback to that in,
1: uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, the new one. Too. Oh, is there? That's cool. Yeah. I think, I think briefly during one of the battles, you could briefly, you could briefly hear it. Go Ninja. Go Ninja. Go. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm, I'm glad they, they threw it back to this cause you know, those Ninja turtle movies were good, but We're not talking about Ninja Turtles today. We, I promise you, if you want to do it, we can do Turtles in Time another time, uh, and we'll have a lot of fun with it. But right now, yeah, I want to go to Critics Corner, and we get to hear all of the horrible things that the critics said about Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh man, there's only five reviews, so we get to read all five of them. All right, first one, and because
1: it's not because it's uh, because it's only I think it's like fifteen percent, so technically. There was one critic that one or two critics at the time that likes it. I know it has a cult following now.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, people probably around our age are willing to indulge it, um, you know, from acknowledging that like our childhood selves sort of liked a certain thing about this. And it's okay to still enjoy that same thing. But yeah, it does have a 17%. On the tomato meter, uh, yeah. Just...
1: Unfortunately, unfortunately, it looks like most of the reviews are up that are that are on uh, IMDb or not IMDb on uh uh, uh Rotten Tomatoes or from are like like semi present reviews.
0: Yeah, that's that's a weird way to look at it. So we're gonna try and see. I I see at least one of these was written in ninety one, but we'll do our best. So we're gonna start with uh, TV Guide magazine. Uh, They gave it a 25 out of 100. And it says the one highlight occurs during a couple of brief montage sequences, which featured Varney mimicking a variety of cartoonish characters. These few moments are actually funny, but proved to be the only amusing moments in the film. And that's something that I mentioned that I really loved those moments where all of these other characters come out. And I think sort of towards the end of the movie too, what the kid like the primary kid says to him like oh i've got to deal with like your alternate personalities or something so it's kind of like yeah. weird to actually see the child acknowledge that this character maybe has like a personality disorder yet they sort of befriend him anyway as like the town idiot
1: uh yeah he, he is kind of, would, would he be considered the town yeah yeah he'd be considered the town idiot the town moron
0: yeah, they kind of treat him that way. Like they basically make him the janitor. He's the, he's the trash collector for the whole town, and he's failing at even doing that half the time.
1: Yeah, don't they threaten to the fire him because of it?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. But anyway, uh, let's see. We got a 40 from The Washington Post. This is from Rita Kemply. says, alongside the silly kitty Halloween comedy, Reruns of Hee Haw seem works of great comic sophistication. <laughs> yeah. Re- eh. Wasn't Hee Haw like in the 50s? Yeah. So, that
1: was one of those cowboy shows, right?
0: Yeah. So I I think the implication is that like Ernest is like so stupid that it makes this seem like yeah. it's really intelligent, but you know, we get another 40 from the Austin Chronicle. Uh that's Steve Davis. He says, although the scares in this movie are minimal, Ernest Scared Stupid nonetheless offers the frightening prospect of yet another installment of the Big E's misguided antics. Uh, so he, this guy definitely not a fan of uh, Ernest, and he doesn't want to see any more Ernest movies get made. He thinks that's frightening enough. But, he, I mean, he gave it a 40 better than TV Guide magazine, so... You know what, Steve Davis, maybe we subject you to five more Ernest movies after this and see how you feel about Ernest. I wonder if we can,
1: I, I wonder if it's possible to find the Cisco and Ebert review
0: on. Online, probably. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to go to the Seattle Times. I know that this one for sure has a date of October 11th, 1991. So this is the real <laughs> deal. I,
1: I I I don't I don't know how to play it. But if you go on, uh, if you go on, you can edit this part out. But if you go on YouTube, type in Ernest Scared Stuber Ebert, it's the first pick, and, and okay. you can play it, and you can like play it on here because I don't think there's copyright issues.
0: Okay, uh, let me grab. Let me see. Uh...
1: Yeah, it's literally go on uh, IMD or go. Or we, we can react to that. It's on. Uh... <laughs> 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 I was thinking these these two esteemed critics. Yeah yeah it's uh type of earnest here stupid and the word eber.
0: Yeah I have it. Uh let me get back to this one. Okay, so uh we're going to go Seattle Times. John Hartle gave it a 50. Says while it's no breakthrough. This may be the best of Disney's popular earnest comedies starring Jim Varney as an amiable moron in the Jerry Lewis tradition. So, look even though a lot of people seem to think this is one of like the lesser ones, it's popular for a reason. I'm glad that uh, Mr. Hartle here was able to acknowledge that this might be the best of the Disney Ernest films. And, you know, comparing it to Jerry Lewis is not like a huge insult at all. So uh- I'll take it. And then. We get L.A. Times. That's Kevin Thomas. He gave it a 50 as well, and that's the high score on the board. He says, over the years, the movies have made precious little use of the distinctive talents of Eartha Kitt. But adults who accompany children to Ernest Garrett's stupid, Disney's silly Halloween kitty horror comedy, can be grateful for her stylish, witty presence. And he's (laughs) right. Like I said, I want more Eartha Kitt in this movie. I want a lot more of it. She she, she knew what she was doing. She did. And I think her veteran presence kind of uh, gets overlooked here
1: she kind of knew what movie she was in.
0: She did, and I the last scene in the movie is her looking at the camera and sort of giving the audience a look of like oh well, like this is kind of what we got and it just it is what it is kind of thing. And I I appreciated that because not only is it sort of her being able to break the fourth wall and acknowledge that she's in this like silly world, but it's also this moment where you communicate to the audience that like Ernest is always going to be Ernest. You're not really going to like break the mold with this character. And it's always going to be a certain type of thing. But since you had mentioned it, I pulled up the, the review with Cisco and Evert. So we're going to take a look at that <laughs> right now.
2: Movie is Ernest scared, stupid. And although there have been three earlier Ernest movies, and I try to see most them, somehow though. those other three managed to escape me, and he's so not to laugh. this is my first exposure to the friendly local garbage man played by Jim <laughs> Barney. The experience of seeing my first Ernest movie did not fill me with an urgent need to rent the other three videos and catch up on Ernest. As the movie begins, Ernest is impressing the local kids with his notions of history, and this is one of several tiresome sequences in the movie where he appears in lots tiresome. of different costumes and accents.
0: We're
2: the Ottomans, and you're not. You're in a world of it now, pal. Oh, my. I'm afraid. Sure, I'm scared. <laughs> Everybody, if boys, here This is the best part curtain. of the movie. This place is just screaming for dreams. Joe. The movie co-stars Eartha Kitt, of all people, as the local prophetess. 200 years ago, the area was beset by dangerous trolls. Monsters that were finally subdued by being buried and having a giant tree planted on top of them. That's what they should have done with this movie. Now they're back and Kit knows who has to get rid of them. You
0: are the only troll fighter we've got. You're the seventh son of the seventh son. You're the baby. You're the
2: boy. You are the great redneck hope. Uh, <laughs> Watching I, Jim playing earnest, yeah. there, I was taken back to my childhood and reminded of the character that... Hunts Hall used to play in the Bowery Boys movies. Boy, I used to love those Bowery Boys movies. And you know what? If I were eight years old, I might have liked her in a Scared Stupid, too. Hey, there you, you know, go. I think um, uh, happened in this picture. I, I've seen the other ones. I, I don't like him uh, basically <laughs> in, in this character. I don't, I don't think like it's him. funny when he gets close up into the camera and mugs mm-hmm. that that's funny uh in addition to that i think what's i like this picture the least of them all is that it takes about 25 minutes to get rolling before they set the troll stuff in action and the first 25 minutes of that is really boring if you're eight or one or 45
0: (laughs) yeah it's pretty savage right there they're just like this movie should have been (laughs) buried
1: and like ever like i managed to avoid the three earnest pictures before this and and after seeing this i'm not I'm not keen to rent the other ones.
0: Right? He's like, the one was enough. I'm not going back and trying to learn anything about Ernest. We're done at this point. I wonder
1: if Disney paid them to review it.
0: That's a good question.
1: Because I know Disney was on. I know. I I believe Disney owned. Didn't Disney technically own that show? Or was Uh, produced by by like Huffstone or something?
0: That's a that's so a good they, question. If maybe they
1: forced
0: Scott, the other Scott, not the Scott I mentioned earlier. This is Scott too. He's a Cisco and Ebert historian, and he I think actually was responsible for uploading like a good percentage of the Cisco and Ebert episodes onto YouTube. So that would be a good question for him. Maybe I'll ask him and then put in a little uh the more you know kind of extra feature into this part of the episode uh in post-production let me see
1: actually yes disney did own it I, i'm on i i am working wikipedia go. we're in a television 1986 to 2007 so in theory we could we could argue that 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 disney was like hey we have an earnest movie uh can you all review it
0: you, you don't have regretted that, we, that decision <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know would their reach have convinced people not to have, have said alright you, all right, we don't have to pay our kids to see this and maybe that's why it flopped
0: it's possible or, yeah. uh, you ask you know the two most famous film reviewers probably in the world at the time to review the movie that's part of like their company and they're like this movie sucks thanks <laughs> uh, but yeah we've uh We've gone through the evil forest. We've dug up the tree. We've been to the roots of uh, the burlap sack and the demons down there. Is there anything that you wanted to say about Ernest that we didn't get a chance to cover yet?
1: Uh, Most of the director video sequels were absolutely terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you're going to watch an Ernest movie, stop at this one.
1: Yeah, stop at this one. <laughs> uh, uh, Ernest Goes Gale. I I I don't think I've seen Ernest scared or, or I don't think I've seen the Christmas movie.
0: Surprisingly, hmm. I wouldn't have seen it had I not watched it for that project I was working on two years ago.
1: But uh, I mentioned it earlier on, but that uh Rolling Stone did a 50 worst ideas in movie his or 50 like or 50 worst like movie decisions that were done by like studio execs or whatever. Number six, not n- number number seven was John Lyn is killing two kids, two kids in a and an adult on uh Twilight Zone. Number six was wow. Lord Miller getting fired from uh, Solo a Star Wars movie. Wow! So, and I believe Ernest Goes to Africa was number forty-five.
0: Oh, okay. Well, be and they hilarious.
1: basically said, "If they basically said if there's one Ernest movie you have to see, Watchdog Goes to Kale."
0: Yeah, I I could totally see that because that's the one that I sort of. Saw first, but it was this one that really stayed with me long term, and I'm I'm glad you picked it because I still had a lot of fun watching it. And sometimes it's nice to go back and watch something that's like meant for kids and just see all the things that I liked about it then and how that translates now. But uh, and that
1: you and that you still found some of it funny.
0: Yeah, I still I still had a really good time with it to be honest. And so,
1: it's not one of those things where where it's like like yeah, well, why did I like this as a child?
0: Right. No, I mean, I, as I mean, there you, are... <laughs> as you know, from doing the Sucker Punch episode, I think yeah. I just want to rate our version of every movie. So I think <laughs> that's where my head was at with this. I was like, man, I really wish like this idea had gotten a chance to be more fully fleshed out and just to not have any restraints put on it. But, you know, aside from that, like, of course, it has its limitations, but uh, still very enjoyable.
1: I, for some reason, I can't I can't picture. the earnest character saying fuck you
0: right or (laughs) or or or
1: or or telling sex or doing like like raunchy judd apatow type humor
0: can you no probably not but i think you could still sort of embody the other elements of horror like you can make it gory right like maybe the troll punches somebody's head off or you <laughs> sort of you sort of play up the horror elements of the story and maybe you don't really change the earnest character too much you just sort of elevate all the elements around it into like a more adult horror material
1: or make it at least P, P- 13
0: yeah
2: I want or, to see or or like.
1: or or like like an over or an over the top stuff that that where it could get a pg-13 or an r
0: yeah give me give me like borderline but uh yeah i still had fun with it so i want to ask you like if there was like a gateway drug type of movie to get somebody to watch Ernest a scared stupid like what is that
1: what's something similar to it yeah. uh I guess for like the slapsticky stuff, I'd say like some of the naked gun movies. Oh, yeah, okay. I could. Totally I'm, I, I am always partial to three, even is that, though I was that
0: 33 I, and a third or whatever.
1: Yeah, 33 and a third. That's <laughs> the one where they go to the Oscars.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know because, aside from Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is more adult but still PG 13. So it's like it's horror, it's sci-fi, it's comedy. It's not necessarily uh meant to be like scary, scary, but it's kind well, of in also, the same vein as Ernest. So I would say that.
1: Well, you also have like the scary movie franchise. Yeah. Which are very, very hard arms. Yeah, exactly. So
0: I don't know. That's a good question. Um, so it's like it's scary. Point... Go ahead.
1: Speaking of scary movie, I remember seeing uh, the second one with my, uh, yeah, it would be my brother in law, and who took his son, who I, who definitely was not over 17 at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I guess we didn't tell him that, and I guess he didn't realize that how raunchy it was. Uh
0: Because this well, what, granted, was a spinoff of like Scream, right? Yeah. Where it came from?
1: Also apparently fun fact the original the the priest in the original was supposed in they uh, the, the the second one the cold open is is supposed to be a school for the exorcist, where I believe they have James Wards as the old priest yeah, And apparently yeah. it was apparently it was supposed to be Marlon Brando and apparently oh, they paid Marlon green. and apparently they paid Marlon Brando a lot of money to do it uh, but apparently he got sick or he got ill when they were supposed to film it. But if they allowed him to keep the money,
0: he showed up on set and was like, "I'm not doing this."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that wouldn't but, surprise but yeah, me. But yeah, that Marlon Brando and that role would have been fantastic.
0: Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. Uh, well, in an and would have been universe. one of
1: his last, and would have been one of his last roles.
0: Yeah, because this was what 2000 scary movie
1: 2000 scary movie two was 2001 or 2002.
0: When did when did Brando die?
1: Oh four, I believe, but I think he was kind of ill and kind of sort of in in it, but not really in it. I believe his final on-screen appearance was the Michael Jackson video for "You Rock My World," hmm. where there's a where there's a bit near like like the interlude part. And and you, you, it says the kid, the like, uh, like there's a, a menacing person in in a, a swiveling chair and it turns around. And you see, it's Brando, hmm. but 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 now. but older, but older. Chris Tucker's in the video too.
0: That's yeah, ringing some bells, actually. I'll have I'll have to go and look for it when I when I hang up on the call here. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for. Uh, for giving me a reason to actually like start watching horror movies this uh-huh. month before I have to watch another one tonight. that's going to be way gorier and worse than this one. Yeah. And have commercials. Yeah. Decapitate. Decap- break it up.
1: Yeah. Decapitation followed by, Hey, do you have erectile dysfunction?
0: <laughs> I do now. I just saw someone get their head chopped off. Uh, but Ryan, thank you. Thank you so much sure. for your time and for, uh, for picking a fun one. And that offer stands. You want to do Ninja Turtles sometime in the future. I think Ninja Turtles, any of them, honestly, but the three would be a particularly fun one to look back on and see. Yeah, because I know what they were thinking.
1: (laughs) Yeah, three was not liked at all. I think also I think three killed the franchise. Yeah, because I think I assume had three been a success and or good, they would have kept going.
0: You would think so. I actually because... forgot about it until you brought it up, and then I was like, oh, wait a second, that's right. Yeah,
1: the one that goes to, the one where they go to Japan, and there's, mm. no, uh, there, there's no shredder, there's no... Uh...
0: They're just like, where do they use samurai swords? Well, in feudal era Japan. All right, well, that's where we're going. Yeah, that's a show for another yep, time. That... We'll get to it. That would be fun. I'll put it on the tentative schedule. Uh, but yeah, thank you. We did an hour and a half, you know, right about the time limit of an Ernest movie. So yeah, easy peasy breezy 90 minutes. Cool. thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I look I'll forward see to you next time. One. Yeah, have a good night. All right, laters. My thanks once again to Ryan for stopping by the show, hanging out and talking Ernest Scared Stupid. It's a lot of fun to go back in the past and look at these movies from childhood and sort of re-examine not just why we liked them then but why we still love them now and you can find ryan on x talking movies at the chew defense spelled just like it sounds and of course thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode i know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts and i appreciate you spending your time with us i hope you enjoyed the show and if you do please consider leaving a rating and telling a friend about it and the new support page is live at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash badmovieswelove. I'd love to hear from you. So if you have a bad movie you love and or maybe would like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me now at badmovieswelove at thescheif.com or badmovieswelove on Twitter and Instagram. And that's love with an L-U-V. And as always, take care, be well, stay safe, and have fun however you get your movies.